Thank you for joining us for this episode of the IPI Policy Basics Podcast. Today's topic is tax rates versus tax revenues. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. With our IPI Policy Basics podcast, we are building an audio reference library on basic policy concepts and topics for those who want to learn and understand how to think about policy or who need to get up to speed on a particular issue. And for this episode, I'm joined as usual by our resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. So Dr. Matthews, today we want to talk about something that is a pretty basic idea in tax policy, but it's astonishing how many times people get these things confused. Hmm. And that's the difference between tax rates and tax revenues. So most of the time in political discussions, when you hear people talking about cutting taxes, what they're talking about is cutting or reducing tax rates, right? So you may, you may have a, you know, a 38% tax rate, and usually it's Republicans who say we want to cut that tax rate from 38 down to 34%. It is the tax rate that's being cut, and the tax rate is a percentage, usually, um, that determines how you calculate the, your tax burden, whether you're a business or whether you're an individual or whatever. And we're going to talk about different kinds of tax rates in just a moment. We're going to talk about marginal rates, average rates, and effective rates. Uh, but again, let's talk about tax revenues first, because this is the, the distinction that we want to point out here. Tax revenues are the total amount of taxes that come into the federal government. And you would think that that would be an easy calculation. You would think, well, if there's X amount of money being taxed at X rate, it's going to result in Y or Z amount of tax revenues. But of course, one of the interesting things about uh, our sort of supply side growth oriented sort of tax philosophy is that we understand that sometimes when you cut tax rates, what you actually do is encourage more economic activity. You, you encourage more economic growth. Uh, if, the, if the economy grows faster, the whole overall size of the pie grows faster. And so you can literally have a situation where you reduce tax rates, but that actually results in an increase in tax revenues. Now, both sides of the debate have sort of gone to extremes on this. I think sometimes folks on our side of the aisle, folks who are real big fans of tax cutting and low taxes. Meaning tax cut rates. Yes, exactly. Those of us who like to cut tax rates uh, will very often say things like, oh, but it'll pay for itself. Mm -hmm. It'll pay for itself, you know, because it'll stimulate so much economic growth that it more than makes up for, you know, the amount that people thought was going to be lost. Well, that's usually not the case. They usually don't more than pay for themselves, although some kinds of tax cuts arguably will. But the point is that there's there's a certain amount of feedback that you get from a change in tax rates. If you reduce tax rates and it and it's the right kind of tax reduction that it stimulates more economic growth and more economic activity, you will get some revenue feedback so that you so that you might not lose as much revenue as you thought you were going to lose. And then conversely, a lot of times when you people raise taxes, the whole reason for raising the tax is that they think we want more government revenue, but sometimes mm -hmm. you can raise the tax rate and actually end up with less tax revenue for the same reason, because it, the higher taxes slows down economic growth or discourages it. Oftentimes, I mean, more often than not, raising the rates actually doesn't 
result in the amount of revenue they think they're going to get. Right. No, I think that's almost always the case because let's face it, most of the time when someone in federal or state government is talking about raising tax rates, they're not raising them on low-income workers. They're raising them on wealthy Mm -hmm. earners, high-income earners, business owners, things like that. And there are lots of ways that people like that, there are lots of devices they have that they can avoid taxes, you know, or they can choose to take their profits in the form of company stock rather than in salary or rather than in bonuses and things like that. So the when you're targeting, when you're trying to raise taxes on high income people, you're actually targeting the class of people who is best prepared to find ways to legally avoid paying mm-hmm. those taxes. And so you almost never get the amount of revenue that you think you're going to get. So the mistake is when either side tries to make like a straight line projection, like the economy is this size. If we cut taxes this much, we'll lose this much revenue or the economy is this size. If we raise taxes this much, we'll get that much revenue. Both sides of that argument are almost always wrong. It it usually fails to live up to to their rhetoric. So the essential difference between tax rates and tax revenues is that tax rate is the percentage that a business or an individual pays off of their income, however that's defined, or off their profits. But the revenues is the total amount of tax revenue that comes into the government entity, again, whether it's a state or federal government. And so you don't want to confuse the two because sometimes you raise taxes a lot, but you don't get a Mm -hmm. lot of revenue. And sometimes you cut taxes a lot, but you don't get a lot of lost revenue. Uh, it, you know, it's it's like it it's like the the elasticity of that revenue effect is usually lower than either side tends to think that it is. But it does just because you cut tax rates, it doesn't mean you're going to cut government revenue. And just because you raise taxes, tax rates, it doesn't mean you're going to raise revenues. And it's a really important point because the the media tend to take the issue. Uh, when when Republicans say we're going to cut the tax rate and the media generally join in with Democrats saying, well, that's going to uh, reduce federal revenue or state revenue, whatever. Mm. And it's just not the case. And it, and to your point, it's it always depends upon the rate that we're or, uh, the rate or the size we're talking about. So, for instance, in a state sales tax, mm-hmm. if the state if a state sales tax is one penny. And they're going, and they raise it to a by a half penny or two pennies. My guess is they'll get some more money. Not many people will try to game that, right? But if they raise the state sales tax to ten cents, there'll probably be some gaming of it. If they right. raise it to twenty cents, there'll be a lot of gaming. And that, of it. No, that's absolutely right. If, if I mean, sometimes it's it's helpful to you know we do this on the minimum wage, right? Well, I mean, if if you could raise it to fifteen dollars and it wouldn't cause any harm, why not raise it to a hundred dollars? You know, so sometimes you know being using a more extreme example sort of helps to explain it. And I think you're exactly right that you know if you've got a seven percent sales tax and you raise it to seven and a half percent, you're probably not going to see that much resistance. But if you tried to go from seven percent to seventeen percent, all of a sudden now people are going to say, well, you know what? I believe I'll drive across the state line and I believe I'll do my shopping, you know, where I can literally be saving 10% just by crossing a state line or a county line or something like and, that. And you mentioned the minimum wage. And I think that's important because if oftentimes you have these studies coming out saying we looked at this increase in minimum wage over here and it didn't really affect jobs. But if the minimum wage was, I'll just pick it's, it's seven and a quarter nationally. Um, if the area was in a higher income and most people pay made nine dollars and they raised the minimum wage mm-hmm. to eight fifty, it probably wouldn't have much of an impact. 
Right. If the, if everybody was uh, the minimum wage was seven and a quarter, and that's where a lot of low income people were, and they raised it to seven dollars and thirty cents or seven dollars and forty cents, probably wouldn't have much of an impact. Right. It's these big bumps in increases uh, in taxes or in minimum wage that sen- tend to have that dramatic impact. That's exactly right. So we so. If you remember nothing else from this policy basics episode, just remember that tax rates and tax revenues are not the same thing. And when we talk about cutting taxes, almost always what we're talking about is cutting rates, cutting tax rates. Now, I think it's important for us to talk about a a couple of different kinds of tax rates because I I think a lot of people, even people who think they're sophisticated about policy, sometimes don't understand like the difference between marginal rates and average rates and things like that. And so you can go, if you do your own taxes on TurboTax or something like that, uh, when you finish doing your taxes, it'll print this little summary page, and it'll say, your effective tax rate this year was whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And so what the effective tax rate is simply the percentage of income that you paid as taxes, whether you're an individual or whether you're a business. So your adjusted gross income, your taxable income was X and you paid Y taxes, and you just divide the two, and then you find your effective tax rate. And most of the time, your effective tax rate, well, almost always, your effective tax rate is going to be lower than your marginal tax rate. Mm -hmm. So the effective tax rate is a really simple calculation. The marginal tax rate is a complicated subject, and we want to spend some time on this. Your marginal tax rate, and most of the time when people talk about their tax rates, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about their marginal tax rate, and that's the tax that you pay on every additional dollar. So marginal tax rates has to do with incentives, and you and I are both old enough to remember when when there were big differences between marginal tax rates, people would say things like this. Uh, I've made enough money this year, I'm going to stop working, because if I keep working, I'll go into a higher tax bracket, right? Right. Used to hear that a lot. Yes, you did. You don't hear it so much today because just taxes overall are lower than they used to be. But this is an important thing to remember. Right now for 2021, the highest marginal tax rate is 37%. That's the highest individual marginal tax rate. And that's for people who make $523,000 a year or more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So probably a lot of our listeners in that group, right? Uh, But even if you're so fortunate as to be in the highest marginal income tax rate, you don't pay 37% on everything. You only pay 37% on every dollar above $523,000. For every dollar that you earn between $209,000 and $523,000, you pay 35% marginal tax rate. For every dollar that you make between 164000 and 209000 you pay a 32%. So these are what we mean by the brackets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the tax brackets for 2021 is there's a 10% tax bracket for people who essentially make less than $10,000. If you make less than $10,000, you pay a 10% marginal tax rate. If you make up to $40,000, you pay a 22% marginal tax rate. If you go up to $164,000, you pay a 24% marginal tax rate. If you go up to $209,000, you pay a 32% marginal tax rate. And again, if if you get up to $523,000, then you pay a 35% marginal tax rate. And anything above $523,000, you pay a 37% 
marginal tax rate. So that's where this idea of tax brackets comes from. And again, as you were saying earlier, today in our tax code, we don't have a gigantic disincentive for someone to say, well, you know, I'm in the 32% tax rate and I don't want to go into the 35% tax rate. But there was a time when that was actually a serious consideration. And if you ended up in a situation with significantly higher marginal tax rates, you could find yourself back in that same situation again, where someone could say, my chief tax planning goal is to stay in the 24% tax bracket rather than getting into the 35% tax bracket. And, you know, my sense is one of the most misunderstood elements is that change with the bracket. Right. So when I hear, when I would hear people say years ago, uh, I don't want to earn any more because it's going to throw me in a higher tax bracket. I thought when I heard that, that what they were saying was that higher tax bracket account, uh, applies to every dollar they make. Right. And that's not the case. And I think I think 99% of people think exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. I, I think they think if they're in the, you know, if you look at these income levels, most working Americans are probably going to be in the 24% tax bracket, mm-hmm. okay? But that doesn't mean they pay 24% on everything they earn. They only pay 24% on everything above $86,000. And so that's why the term marginal is there. It has to do with the next dollar of income you earn uh, you know, uh, in the, into that next tax bracket. And, and, and to reassert re, uh, that point, if, mm-hmm. I may, if I'm in the 24% tax bracket and I make up to, I'll just say, $50,000, and then I go into the next tax bracket at that le- whatever level that is, yeah. if I made an extra $500 or $1,000 that they're taxing at the higher level, yeah. I still am mostly in exactly. the lower yeah. bracket. The higher bracket. rate only applies to that $500. It's, so, it's not like it goes back and dips into all those previous earnings. Right, which you, you sort of get the impression people used to think. And, yeah. and that's... The other thing that I would argue is that because we've got we've got several rates there, so it's there's less of a dis- disincentive to stay in one bracket when you've got more rates that are smaller increments. Yes, exactly. On the other hand, we like the notion of fewer rates, sure, because it's simpler. So oh, no, it's, well, there's that tension. That's there. exactly right. And 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 you just provided me with a perfect segue into the next thing that we want to talk about, which is that. This is why we call our tax code progressive, mm-hmm. okay? We do not have a flat tax system. In a flat tax system, everyone, regardless of their income, would be in the same tax bracket. So if you had a 19% flat tax, everyone would pay 19% on every dollar of earnings. Now, there might be like a threshold to where like there's no tax on the first $25,000 or something like that. But the whole idea of a flat tax is that there's only one tax bracket. There's not multiple tax brackets. So when we talk about a tax code that has six or seven different tax brackets, six or seven different marginal rates, that's why we call our tax code a progressive tax code, that the, the more you make, the higher marginal rate you pay on those additional earnings. And so one of the ideas of the flat tax is that there there are no disincentives to earning, whereas in a progressive tax system, there is at least theoretically mm-hmm. a disincentive to earn more because it might put you into a higher tax bracket. Although, although as we've already granted, the way our tax code is structured right now, there's not a significant uh, incentive like that. So when we talk about 
marginal tax rates, we really are talking about incentives. And it's entirely possible that somebody in a higher tax bracket, again, might do something we described earlier where they say, you know, if I could take one-third of my salary and pay it to myself in a different way through Mm -hmm. stock options or through something like that, I could drop from the 37% tax bracket into the 32% tax bracket. So, I mean, that kind of gaming does go on. It's just there's not a significant disincentive like there used to be, you know, when we actually when when before the before the Reagan tax cuts, we had a 90 percent marginal tax rate in this country. A lot of people have forgotten about that. And when you say gaming, gaming sounds a little like uh, you're skirting the edge, but it's, it's it can be completely legal. At, at, no. Yes. What 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 I'm what we're describing is legal. I mean, mm-hmm. finding legal means to get, to drop yourself down into a lower tax bracket. Absolutely. Uh, there's and, there, and this is what we meant earlier when we said that wealthier, high-income people have more devices available to them to be able to do something like that than mm-hmm. just like a normal person working in a normal job. So marginal tax rates have to do with the idea of incentives. Effective tax rate is going to vary literally from taxpayer to taxpayer, depending on your particular situation. But then there's this the idea of the average tax rate. And the average tax rate is just simply the total amount of tax revenue that is raised divided by the number of tax returns. And so sometimes you'll see people talk about the average tax rate in the United States. Sometimes you'll see people saying the average the average tax rate of millionaires. And this is where you get those things where like Warren Buffett says that he paid he paid less taxes than his secretary, right? Well, he didn't pay less in total taxes, but it's entirely possible that his average rate, his average tax rate, was lower mm-hmm. because, again, he has multiple ways of avoiding taxes and things like that. So, average tax rate is really not a useful concept. It it may describe the overall tax burden among a particular class of people. Or particular corporations, you might, for instance, say that the fossil fuel industry has an effective tax rate of X, while the renewable green energy industry has an effective tax rate of Y. And because of all the tax credits and things like that, it's almost certain that the renewable energy world pays a lower Mm -hmm. average tax rate than the fossil fuel companies do. Um, So average tax rate really can give you comparative tax burden comparisons and calculations and things like that. Effective tax rate is going to vary from individual to individual or from company to company. The real key idea here is the marginal tax rate and the idea that there are incentive effects because making moves can move you into a higher or a lower marginal tax bracket. And so there, it might the fact that we have a progressive system with different marginal tax rates uh, creates incentives to do things with your earnings that you otherwise would not have under a flat tax system. Mm. It would be, it's harder to game the system. And again, we mean legally, but it's harder to game the system under a flat tax system than it is under a progressive tax system. So that's the difference between tax rates and tax revenue. And that's also a, a bit of an explanation about different kinds of tax rates, marginal tax rates, average tax rates, and effective tax rates. And the two key takeaways from today's policy basics is, number one, don't make the mistake of confusing tax rates with tax revenue. And number two, remember that our progressive tax system with its multiple marginal tax rates uh, creates incentives 
to try to avoid being in a higher tax bracket. And every hour of work that you put into trying to avoid moving into a higher tax bracket is an hour of work you probably could have spent more productively. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the IPI Policy Basics podcast. You can find a lot more about tax policy at our website at IPI.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? You can also help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.